So wisdom comes with age, right? Or at least that's what we hope, to not only get older, but wiser too. Over time, say, on average in one's 40s, you start to integrate the experiences that you've had so far into more informed and healthier practices. Jason and I joke about how, at a certain age, all roads lead to yoga or other kinds of low-impact exercise. The roads also seem to lead, inevitably, to unsweetened sparkling water, fewer carbs, and an earlier bedtime. Our children mock us for this, of course, calling us boomers. They say things like, when I'm a boomer, I'm going to wear a fitness tracker and do 30-day challenges just like you guys. And as our parents did to us, we roll our eyes and say, one day you'll understand. Now, there is a similar trajectory in the spiritual life. You might say that given enough time, all roads lead to prayer. As life throws its twists and turns at us, we come to realize that we aren't quite in as much control of things as we thought we were. The world starts to seem more complex, more entrenched in its troubles. The big questions don't have easy answers, and we start to suspect that we have fewer answers than we thought we did. Wisdom and experience come with age, but so does humility. We find ourselves needing to look outside of ourselves for guidance. We begin to seek out God in a different way, out of necessity. So along with the proverbial sparking, sparkling water and yoga, all roads eventually lead us to prayer. As my husband Jason put it recently, it might be boring sometimes to sit in silence on a meditation cushion, but really, where else is there to go? What else could we be doing that's more important or helpful? Sure, we could distract ourselves with more TV and movies. We could volunteer everywhere. We could go down the rabbit hole that is social media. We could numb difficult emotions or circumstances with a variety of options. But ultimately, all of these activities are temporary and insufficient for meeting our deepest needs. Eventually, we find ourselves on the prayer cushion, knowing that distractions are not the answer in finding what we seek. I'm reminded of the passage from John that we heard a few weeks ago. Jesus had been teaching the crowd complicated lessons about the bread of heaven and eternal life. When he told them that those who eat his flesh and drink his blood will live will live forever, he lost people. Several wandered off grumbling about the difficulty of his teaching. So he turned to his disciples and asked if they also wanted to leave. And Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Really, where else is there to go? Along with the disciples, we discover that all roads eventually take us to the words of eternal life.
Now you've come for some good news today, and Mark's gospel delivers the real thing. Though it's, it's not the easy stuff of distractions or quick fixes, it's not a simple answer to a simple question. In today's scene, Mark takes us to the cross, to the place where God responds to our deepest longing. Jesus said, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, on a side note here, we often hear this lesson as about bearing our burdens and making personal sacrifice. In hard times, people who are trying to be helpful will say things like, that's your cross to bear. And that can be comforting, especially if it reminds us that Jesus is with us in our suffering because he suffered too. But the significance of this exchange with the disciples is so much bigger than that. Take the next line from Jesus. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. One thing that we can say about this teaching is that it's difficult to understand. We know that Jesus, at this point, has his sights on his own cross in Mark's gospel, and when that happens, things tend to come into sharper focus. Distractions and half-truths fall away. Jesus is ready to let go of his disciples' misunderstandings and misconceptions about who he really is. He's not the Messiah they expect, the one who will say usher in a new political order. He's reshaping the idea of Messiah before their very eyes, leading not with an earthly power, but with a divine one of mercy and grace. He is bringing heaven to earth, revealing God's unrelenting efforts to reconcile us back to God. And the cross is the symbol of that, of heaven touching earth, of falsehoods and immaturity falling away, of God's grace in response to the sins of the world. When Jesus tells his disciples that they must take up their crosses and lose their lives, he's talking about losing their self-referential, ego-centered lives in exchange for the loving and merciful way of Jesus. All roads in the spiritual life lead to losing our old selves in exchange for a cruciform or cross-shaped one. One of the profound mysteries of the cross is how it can withstand all of the questions that we throw at it and still remain as God's perfect and complete answer. The cross of Christ patiently stands at the ready for literally any question. Am I redeemable? What if I have wandered too far away and the offer of salvation is off the table? What about the world? What if the world has wandered too far away? The divine response remains steady and absolute. That Christ was lifted high upon the cross that he might draw the whole world to himself once and for all. To all our collective sin and shame and isolation, 
the cross continues to respond with forgiveness, glory, and resurrection. No matter how we phrase our questions, the questions of our soul, the cross answers with grace. Now this is fall kickoff, the day we celebrate a new season of formation and discipleship here at Christ Church. It's a day of invitation to, say, take a new class or try a new ministry. A few years back, some of you might remember that we changed the name from Rally Day to Fall Kickoff. There was concern that the name Rally Day wouldn't make any sense to newcomers who don't yet speak Episcopalian. <clears throat> but a football theme for kicking off a new season of ministry seemed more universal. And in our enthusiasm for the newly dubbed fall kickoff, we wanted to make visitors feel especially invited. But you know what we did not do? We did not make a banner to hang on Scott Street that read, take up your cross, details inside. <laughs> it's not the most inviting message. But it is the most hopeful message. All roads lead us to the foot of the cross, the place God expects to find us once we've outgrown our distractions and illusions of self-sufficiency. It's the place God expects to find us when we need to know if there is hope for us and for the world around us. It's the place where God answers yes. So happy Fall Kickoff Sunday, friends. We ask for God's blessing as we begin a new season of learning and growing in the way of the cross. And we give thanks for all the roads that have led us to this place. In the words of St. Peter, where else would we go? Amen. <laughs>